This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. city and even into the world. And so, uh, we, you know, this is not the end now that we've got us a, a building. This is merely a new beginning. Amen. If you will, uh, turn in your Bibles over to the book of Haggai. That's over where the pages stick together. That's that's just before Zechariah. If you go to Matthew and turn back about three books, you'll find it. Haggai, chapter 2. This is a scripture verse that God spoke to my heart uh, about three years ago when uh, Cindy and I first came here as lead pastors, and God began to speak it to my heart again this morning, and I, we're going to share about building God's house all this uh, month. We're going to talk about it. You know, every house that is built has at least three things. It has an owner, it has a blueprint, and it has a builder. Isn't that right? I mean every house that is built. It has an owner, it has a blueprint, and it has a builder. And so God has a plan for building His house, and I believe He's got a plan for building Passion Church. Because I'm going to tell you, enjoy all the leg room now while you can, because pretty soon it's going to be tighter in here. Because there's going to be more people in here, uh, the people whose lives are being changed by the grace and gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Jesus said this. He said, remember this, just before he went away, he said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions, or literally it means many rooms. He said, I go and prepare a place. So if there are many rooms, God must have an expectation for a big family. Isn't that right? A big family. And I have an expectation, and I'm sure that you do too, that passion, uh, God has a plan for us to be even a bigger family than we are now. And you know, if we will focus on relationships and connecting with one another, no matter how big we get, we can still have that feeling of family, but yet not get that, you know, that sense of insulation where, you know, we want to stay small. God doesn't want to stay small. God's not small. His kingdom's not small. His work is not small. His power's not small. So why should His church be small? Thank you. We've got to preach a little bit. Haggai 2, you found that? (laughs) Verse 3, it says, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory, and how does it look to you now? Does it not seem like to you like nothing? Now, those of you who have been at Passion Church, uh, 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 you know, we're not a brand new church. We've been around for many years. And some of you have been around a long time. We've seen it when Passion Church was much larger. Come on. We were. We were many times larger than this. But you know what? As, the, as God brought the Israelites back to, uh, out of captivity and He brought them back home, they began to lay a new foundation. Now, the temple 
was in the same, uh, you know, it was the same. It was there for worshiping God. God was the same. The covenant was the same. But they had to lay a new foundation. And so God sent the prophet to encourage them and to speak to them because he said, look, he said, how many of you remember the glory? Now, he was referring to Solomon's temple. Now, if you know anything about Solomon's temple when he built it, it was lavish. It was filled with gold and silver instruments. It was the, the priests were dressed with uh, immaculate garments. It was just amazing. It was, it was tremendous. And now they were seeing uh, the, some foundations being restored, and it was not nearly as beautiful. Not nearly as lavish. Not nearly as great. And so God says, I want to encourage you. Because, listen, God does not look on things on the outside. That's not what moves God. Being in this building is not what's going to move God. It's a people whose heart is fully committed to Him and who are following Him and submitting to Him. Amen? And He said to them, He said, Does it not seem like nothing? He said, But be strong, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest, be strong, all you people of the land. And I believe God's saying to us at Passion Church, be strong. Not weak, be strong. He said, declares the Lord, and work. Oh, don't get as big a shout on that one. <laughs> well, Pastor Norton, I just believe, you know, if God's in it, it's going to go. Well, why did he tell him to work? He's with us, but He's with us as we what? We work. I mean, even this place, when we come here, there was some work that had to be done. Amen? <laughs> there was a lot of work that went into it. A lot of work that had to be done, even though God was in it, and God is the one who provided it. He said, be strong and work, for I am with you. Even though externally it didn't look like that it was as great as it had been. It didn't look like it was all that much and all that great. But God says, I, if, you, if you'll just dare to believe me, He said, I'm with you. As you lay the foundation, as you start again, He said, I'm with you. Listen, God is the builder of the church. Amen? I'm not the builder. I'm just one of the workers. Don't look to me to build it. I'm going to help you, and we're going to work with God, and together we're going to build it. Amen? Now, a house filled with God's presence, this is what we want. A house filled with God's presence, with God's glory. Now, notice what he goes on to say here. He said, be strong, all you people, and work. He says, I am with you. This is what I coveted with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains among you. This is what the Lord Almighty says, in a little while I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake the nation, and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. Now the word glory there means weightiness. It means the presence, the manifest presence of God. It means the anointing of God, the anointing that breaks yokes. Breaks yokes of sin, of sickness. It breaks yokes of fear and oppression. This is what we want. When people come into this place and we begin to worship, we want the weightiness of the glory of the presence of God because that's what changes people. 
That's what changes lives. When God touches my heart, when God touches your heart and your life, you are changed. We just go through a program. If we just have a nice building, that doesn't change anybody. It is the glory of God that will change us. And he said, my, he said, my spirit is among you. And he says, this is what I'm going to do. I will fill this house with glory. So when God builds Passion Church, there's going to be glory in this place. There's going to be an anointing in this place. People are going to be drawn to Jesus. They're going to be drawn to this altar. They're going to be drawn to prayer. They're going to be drawn to worship. We're going to see God change lives in this place. Amen. It also means splendor. Boy, I want to see the splendor of God, don't you? Have you ever been in the weighty presence of God? Oh, it's nothing like it, is it? I mean, nothing like it. I mean, I mean, uh, two hours can go by and it feels like five minutes. I think sometimes the reason we get antsy in church is what the, there's not much glory. There's not much presence. And we get weary so quick. The flesh gets weary. But in the glory of God, the weightiness, the splendor of God, the mighty works of God. You know, I can't wait till, well, you know, nobody wants to leave. I have to run you out. Boy, that'll be something. You know that'll be God, won't it? God's glory, God's power. Listen, Paul said this. He said, I did not come to you with the persuasive words of men's wisdom, but he said in the message with power. We desire to see the power of God that changes people. When we come to church and we're really in the presence of God, we ought to leave different than we were before. I don't care if you've been saved five minutes or 50 years. God's got something new and fresh He can do in our lives. He can do through our lives. He, we can leave with an anointing to change our homes. We can leave with an anointing to change the workplace, to change our community, to change our neighborhoods. He says, it's going to be my glory, my power. And he, then he said here, he said, God's work. When we work, that word work there means to be courageous and conquer. Are you listening? We are to be courageous and conquer. The only time we have to be courageous is when what we're facing opposition. Isn't that right? I never had to be courageous on vacation. I just sit back and enjoy I mean, I like a good vacation just like anybody else. But I'm telling you, there's a time for vacation and rest. And there's a time to fight in war. There's a time to be courageous. And he told them, as you're laying this foundation for the glory of God and for the work of God, he said, you've got to be courageous. And this word also means to conquer. There, listen, the enemy is not just going to sit back and rejoice with us. He is going to fight us. He's going to try to stand against us. But greater is He that is in us than He that's in the world. Amen. Say that with me. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. The God in me is bigger than the devil out there. You believe that? Hallelujah. I do too. Well, you can clap. It's all right. God not nervous. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
So it's a house filled. We're talking about building God's house. It's a house filled with God's presence. You know, when we come, listen, I I know we come and all week we've been working and things have been going and stuff has been happening. But listen, when you come on Sundays to worship, when we come here to worship, listen, prepare your heart. Come and get ready. You know, sometimes, you know, you know, some people say, well, why do y'all worship a while so long? Well, you know, it's because some of us worship for 15 or 20 minutes the whole time. Some people, it takes them 15 or 20, and they worship one minute. But we want to at least let everybody get some worship in. Because, see, it depends on the condition of my heart. When I come to church, you know, if I'm mad at my wife or I'm fussing at the kids or whatever, <laughs> and then we're going to get in here and worship, Listen, it's going to take a while for you to get yourself right with God before you can worship. Get things right with God on the way to church before you come to church. And let's hit the ground worshiping God. Because the Bible says He inhabits the praises of His people. And then turn to Psalm 92. Listen to this. This is a scripture that God has spoken to us at different times. But in Psalm 92... God says, in the prayer, really it's a prayer to God, but it's also a declaration. He said, in Psalm 92.10, he said, you will anoint me with fresh oil. You will anoint me with fresh oil. You have exalted my horn. You will anoint my, my life with fresh oil. Fine oils have been poured over me. Now, we know that oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. And God wants us to have fresh oil. You know, how many of you drove a vehicle here this morning? How many of you know that vehicle wouldn't have got here if you didn't have any oil in it? Man, that engine, that engine would just seize up and you're just going to stop and you ain't going no further. Man, you can have those beautiful rims on it. Man, you can have that beautiful paint job. Come on, man, you can have a kicking sound system, but you ain't going nowhere. That's the way a lot of churches and a lot of people's Christian life is. They got all this beautiful stuff outside, but they ain't going nowhere, honey. Because what? The oil is lacking. And how many of you know, if you drive that car and try to drive it 50,000 miles on the same oil... Some people have been driving on the same oil for 20 years in their Christian experience. You need to be anointed with some fresh oil. There needs to be life in the house of God, the people of God. There needs to be life. There needs to be joy. People need to see something that is attractive about us. And God says if you'll ask Him, He said He'll anoint you with fresh oil. Amen. Look over in 2 Kings chapter 4. Let me give you a little help here about how to get some fresh oil. Hallelujah. You need to have some spiritual maintenance. Get your oil changed regular. Get some fresh oil. We need a fresh touch from God. You know, the children of Israel, you know, uh, when they were wandering in the desert, God gave them fresh manna every day, didn't He? He says it's got to be fresh. I want something fresh, don't you? I don't want something stale. I don't want a 20-year-old testimony. Thank God I want to remember what God did 20 years ago. But I want God to, I want to be able to testify about what God did 20 minutes ago. 
He did something for me today. He touched my life today. He worked through me today. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I appreciate it. I really do. Hallelujah. All right, 2 Kings 4, verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, you know, Elisha the prophet, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. That's not good news, is it? Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Boy, she had a little oil. I'm telling you, if you got a little oil, that's better than no oil. Amen. He said, just a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Boy, that sounds like a crazy plan. Don't ask for just a few. Listen, God doesn't, God's not measuring out his blessing with an eyedropper. Some people got the idea, boy, if I could just get a little bit from God. He said, I mean, this is Old Testament. He said, now go borrow a few jars. And obviously he probably knew, you know, how she thought. And he said, now don't borrow just a few. Get a lot. I want a lot, don't you? I want a lot of God. I don't want just enough to get to heaven. I want enough to change the world. He says, go around. He said, don't ask for, he said, go around, ask all your neighbors for dollars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you. Listen, I'm talking about how to get some fresh oil from God. You need to get in your prayer closet. You need to get in your bedroom, get in your closet, get in your secret place. You say, I haven't got one. Then you need to get one. To get in that secret place, he said, and close the doors in with just you and God. Here was this widow woman. She closed herself in. It was just her and her boys. They had a little bit of oil and a whole lot of empty vessels. And they closed themselves in. And right there, just themselves with God, the miraculous begin to happen. Notice what it says. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. Oh, hallelujah. She kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Now, I want you to notice something here with the outpouring of this oil. Listen, first of all, there had to be a receptacle. There had to be an expectation. They shut themselves in, and there had to be a receptacle to be filled. Oil flows where empty vessels make themselves available to God. I don't know about you, but I need more of God. I don't need less. I need more. I want more of God. I want God pouring His oil into my life. There are areas where I still need the oil of God. I need it changed. I need it fresh. I need it overflowing. I need it uh, uh, flowing so much that it overflows out of me and begins to flow on other people. But notice it says, it says that the oil f- began to flow, what? When the empty vessels were presented. You know, if you're a person of pride, you're like, I don't need nothing from God. Well, that's fine. That's what you're going to get. Nothing. I don't know. I'll tell you what. I'm saved, sanctified. Some people are saved and cranktified. 
They need some more oil. We, we kind of hear your engine parts. Your oil's getting low there. The oil light's blinking. Boom, 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 check oil. Boom, 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 boom. Oil flows in empty vessels. Notice this. And notice this, that the flow didn't stop until the vessel was full. You can have as much of God as you want. Listen to me. You can have as much of God as you want. The oil will flow as long as you're hungry, as long as you're thirsty, as long as you're seeking God, as long as you're open to God. The oil will flow unhindered. But as soon as you get full, it stops. Now, you can be full of a lot of things. (laughs) Ain't going to go there, but you know what I mean. People are full of all kinds of stuff, aren't they? Full of pride, full of fear. Full of doubt, full of greed, full of all you can be full of all kinds of things. Whatever you, if you're full, nothing will flow. And see, when we get alone with God, we get in there and we begin to unpack some stuff. Say, God, I don't need this, and I don't need that, and I don't need this, and I don't need that. And we start making more room for God. We start making more room for the oil to flow in my life. How many of you, you, you know, you would like to have some more oil in your life? Boy, I got I, both hands up, both feet. Thirsty and hungry. What did Jesus say would happen to those who were thirsty? Be, they would be filled or be satisfied. Isn't that right? Hungry, you'd be satisfied. Thirsty, would be satisfied. They would be filled. And so we got a hunger for God. Listen, we're talking about building God's house. How's he going to do it? Well, we just thought, you know, we'd show up and God would show out. Listen, before that happens, you need to do like this widow woman. We got to get, we got to get in our, our bedrooms. We got to get in those places where nobody's seeing what's going on. It's just us and God. It's just us with our kids. It's just us with our family. And we're crying out to God. And we're seeking God. God, we got to have more oil. We want more of you. I want more of you in my life. I want more of you in Passion Church. I want more of you to flow to our community, to our city, and around the world. You say, oh, you think God would use us? Well, why not? The church started with 120. God did all right with them. He can do all right with us. Amen? Listen, God didn't love Peter any more than he loves you. God didn't love John or Paul any more than he loves you. The same Jesus that died for your sins died for their sins. The same God that anointed them will anoint you. God's no respecter of persons. Amen? I believe you're the ones to do it. I do. I believe we're the ones to do it. Why not us? Somebody said, yeah, you know, people are always saying, you know, if you step out, you know, and, and take a step of faith, well, what if you fail? I always say, well, what if you succeed? Think glass full, not glass half empty. Building God's way. How are we going to build? Turn to Psalm 127, verse 1. How are you doing out there? Okay. Psalm 127. Verse 1, unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labor in vain. Isn't that interesting? It says, 
except the Lord build the house, but he said the laborers build in vain. So even though God is building his house, he also has laborers to help him in building the house. Paul said this, he said, you are, speaking to the church at Corinth, and it also applies to the church here at Passion, you are God's co-laborers. We are co-laborers with God. Now, he's the architect. He's the contractor. He calls the shots. He designs the plan. But we are co-laborers together with him. This is why he wants you anointed. If you read uh, when they were building Moses' tabernacle, you go back and read there. There are different ones that God anointed with different anointings and abilities and skills to do different things to bring that whole pattern and plan and purpose of God together for the tabernacle. Are you listening? Same thing was true with Solomon's temple. And here's what we see in this pattern is that when We follow God's pattern, and we fulfill God's purpose. When those things meet, the glory comes. Are you listening? You read over there, it says, When Moses had set everything in place with the tabernacle, it said that the cloud of God's presence, God's glory, came down on it. In Solomon's temple, when they set everything in place and the worshipers were worshiping, you know the story, it says that the cloud and the glory filled the house so much that the priest couldn't stand to minister. We need some some services where nobody's sitting up or standing up. Everybody's laying down under the weight of the glory of the presence of God. And you get up from that place and you're different. You're changed. And you go out and begin to change other things in other people's lives. Purpose. The purpose is of God is what it. Re, the purpose is about what it reveals and what it produces. What is Passion Church's purpose? What is it that we want to reveal? Well, we want to reveal Jesus Christ, don't we? Not not a historical Jesus, not a theological Jesus, but a Jesus that is alive and operative, and working, and present, and real, and ready to change people's lives. A living Jesus. Don't don't serve a religious Jesus. I tell you what, Jesus used His harshest words for those who were bound by religion. Are you listening? Religion's a terrible thing, because it makes you think you're all right when you're not. (laughs) At least, when, at least when you're a sinner. I mean, you know, people came to me years ago and told me I was a sinner. I knew they was right. <laughs> well, at least you're not lying. I'll give you that. But, you know, we, we, want, we need the purpose of God to be refocused here on Passion Church. Listen, what is our purpose? Why has God put us in this place and in this community to reveal a living Jesus? And that starts in us. If He's not alive in my life, if He's not a living Jesus in me, there's no way I'm going to show Him as a living Jesus anywhere else. There's a purpose. Then there's a pattern. The earthly is always built according to the heavenly. I already mentioned two of them. Moses is tabernacle in Solomon's temple there's a there's always a heavenly for an earthly pattern 
God has a pattern for His church. God has a pattern for Passion Church. And He wants to work that pattern and work that blueprint, if you will, out through us so that through that, His purpose can be manifest to the people around us. A pattern. And then the glory is the confirmation of our obedience and alignment with that heavenly purpose. When we align, the glory of God comes. Are you listening? When our prayers align with heaven, the answer comes, doesn't it? When our faith aligns with God's will and God's purpose, then we see the answer, don't we? The same thing's true in building God's church. The purpose of God, the plan of God, when that pattern is established, we see the glory of God. Look over in Acts. i got to close. My time is running out on me here. Acts. Let's look over there. Acts chapter 2. Are y'all cold? Okay. I'm just checking. I'm always hot, so I, I had the air down. Okay. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Uh, maybe let's back up just a moment, if you will, to Acts chapter 1. We're talking about, you know, the glory is the confirmation of our obedience and alignment to heaven. Now, notice what Jesus said in chapter 1 and verse, let's look about verse 8. He said, uh, well, let's back up to uh, verse 4. It says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, in Acts 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Then if you go on and reading down there, you know, Peter, uh, you know people thought they were drunk. Peter preached a, a message that day and 3,000 people got saved. Wow, what would we do if all of a sudden 3,000 people were added to Passion Church? I'm not sure we could get them in here. But what I want you to notice is this. Jesus gave them a, a, perp, a plan and a purpose. And he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem. And he said, I, wanna, I want you to wait there until you are, are anointed or endued with power. Now, we don't have time, but in other places, the Apostle Paul wrote, that Jesus, when He was resurrected from the dead, He appeared to not just the twelve, but to five hundred of His followers at one time. Now, we know on the day of Pentecost that when the Spirit fell, there were only 120 there. Where were the other 380? Boy, I tell you what, that was a bad time not to be in church, wasn't it? 
That was a bad time to have to take care of the, the grass or take care of the donkey or, or, you know, whatever it was you had to do. Boy, I, I sure would have hated to look out and think, man, I, you know, that I could have been there. I could have been 121. Are you listening? But notice they followed the pattern that Jesus said. When they obeyed God, what? The Holy Spirit fell just as Jesus said, and it empowered those 120, and they have absolutely changed the world. 120 people. Listen, I don't know how many is here this morning, but you know what? If God, we will open our hearts and allow God to anoint us, Passion Church, with fresh oil again. God can use us to change a city and a region. I believe that with all my heart. Otherwise, why don't we just go and find somebody else that's doing it and go there? I don't have to be pastor. My ego don't need that. I've been in ministry 37 years. I've been there, done that, and got the T-shirt and forgot where the T-shirt is. So it's not about ego. It's about what? We believe that God has a call and a plan and a purpose for us. Now let me share, we're going to pray here in just a moment, some things, some action points just to stir your thinking. First of all, Passion Church, what are you hungry for? Now don't don't answer too quick. Just ponder it like Mary did. Ponder these things in your heart. What are you hungry for? A new house, new car, better job, raise and pay. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But listen, Jesus said if you'll hunger for the kingdom of God, he said, I'll add all that stuff to you. I'd rather God add it to me and me have to work, you know, 70 hours a week to get it. Then work another 80 hours to keep it. Because, you know, that's the thing about it. You know, they talk about easy credit. You're right. Easy credit, hard debt. That's the way that works. What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? Secondly, remember, there's always, along with, uh, along with that, he said, are you helping or are you hindering the builder of the church? He said, well, Pastor, I, you know, I'm not really doing either. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of in neutral. <laughs> well, you've never seen a car in neutral go anywhere. You've never seen a truck in neutral ever pull a load. No, Jesus said you're either for me or you are against me. Isn't that right? And I know and I believe that, uh, that most of us, not all of us, our heart really is, we want to be, we're for Jesus. But listen, we've got to get it in gear. We've got to engage. And it begins, what, back to our prayer closet, just like that woman, and letting God fill us up with some fresh oil. And then thirdly, for 2019, what changes are needed in your life? Now, I know, being a human myself, change is not easy. Change is easy to talk about. Change is easy to agree with. Change is easy to see that I need it. But boy, that next step to really do what I need to do to change, that's not always easy, is it? That's that's my experience anyway. 
Sometimes I resist it because I don't understand. Wait a minute. You know, I'm like Jesus said, I've been enjoying the old wine, and it was pretty good. And I'm not so sure I like this new wine, this new vintage. God, you're doing things different. Wait a minute. I like the way we did it back in 1985. I like the way we did it back in 1975. I like the way we did it in 2005. I mean, we all have our preferences, don't we? You know, one thing I found out, you know, in pastoring a church is that you can never please everybody. If you come from a large family, you know that's true too, don't you? You can't please everybody, can you? So I finally decided to, here's what I got to do. I just got to please one person. Amen. <laughs> and that's God. But change is not easy. What changes are needed? Maybe a change in your lifestyle. Maybe a change in how you use your time. Maybe, maybe a change in, uh, you know, now this is radical. A change maybe in your lifestyle. Living on less so you don't have to work 90 hours a week so you got some time for God. What did Jesus say? Man does not live by. I'm all for having nice things. Don't misunderstand me. But I believe if you will seek God first in 2019, that you know what? That the blessing of God can make up far surpass all those extra hours you were putting in. Are you listening? Now, don't run off and quit your job. Say, well, Pastor Norris told us all to quit our job. That's not what I said. I said we need to look and see if there's some changes that needs to be made. That could be an area. And you know what? You could pray about it. Maybe you got a job where you got to work 80 hours. Get alone in the prayer closet and say, God, listen. Now, listen, I want some more time to spend time with you. I want some more time to be involved in, in working for you in the kingdom. You know, but you know what I'm facing here. So now, God, you're going to have to f- find me a better job, a better paying job. You're going to have to give me a new idea so that I can work less and have more by the blessing of God, more to, for my family, more to give for the kingdom, and more time to seek your face. You believe God can do that? I do. I absolutely do. And I believe if we will put Him first in 2019 and let ourselves be filled with some fresh oil, that God will build His house called Passion Church. And I'm telling you, before this year is out, we're going to have, a, like I said, you're going to have a whole lot less leg room. But you know what? It's going to be a whole lot more glorious. Because it's going to be, because God is doing something, starting with us. Amen. Would you bow your heads just a moment? Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are building your house. And Lord, we are your house. As you have said that you will live in us and you will dwell in us. You will be our God, and we will be your people. And Lord, we want your purpose, and we want your pattern, and we want your glory in our lives. And you said that starts first by being hungry and being thirsty. Hungry and thirsty. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Norris, I'm hungry and thirsty. 
I'm hungry and thirsty. I, I want more of God. I need more of God. I desire more of God. And I'm not sure how all this is going to work out, but, but I know this. I know I'm hungry and thirsty for God. If that's you, would you, you just, just stand up right where you are. Don't feel compelled to. I know a lot of times, you know, we don't like to do this because, you know, we don't want people to think, you know, whatever, whatever. But if that's you, just stand up where you are because we're going we're gonna to pray and I want to know who you, to pray for. I tell you, I'm standing. As your pastor, I'm hungry and thirsty for God. I need more. I want more. I desire more. I know that God's, He's way bigger. He's way bigger than what I've seen. He's way bigger than what I've understood. And I want His anointing in my life. I want His anointing. Not, not for any ego, but I, I want to reach the harvest. I want to reach this, this community. I want to reach this city. I, I want to see people raised up. I want to see you raised up and filled with the power of God, changing your family, changing your neighborhoods. I want to see God call many people here. You go out and you go plant a church and we'll help you. God call you to be an evangelist or a prophet or an apostle or go to another nation. We'll help you. I want to see God do some things in us and through us. God, you see the hearts of those who are standing as well as those who are sitting. God, I thank you that you said in an honest and open and good heart you can work. And I thank you, Father, for the honesty of those both sitting and standing. Lord, that's a good place to be, an honest heart before God. And so, Father, I just pray that we will consecrate ourselves afresh and anew. And this is what I'm asking, those of you who are standing, that you consecrate yourself afresh and anew. We're going to be like the woman. We're going to shut ourselves up. We're going to have seasons and times where we seek the face of God. And when we say, God, I need some fresh oil. I need some fresh oil in my life. I need some changes in my life. God, I want to see you work and move through me in a greater dimension, in a greater measure than ever before so that my life not only is changed, but there is an anointing that will impact those around me. Thank you, Father. We love you. We bless you. Father, we declare that today is a new beginning for Passion Church. Today is a new day and a new beginning. You're building your house. You're going to use us, oh God. We're not just going to be a Sunday morning crowd. Father, we're going to be an everyday Jesus people. Every day you're anointing. Every day walking with you. Every day listening to your voice. God, you're going to use us to heal the sick. Uh, Father, to see people come into the kingdom, Father. Uh, to break the power of bondages over people, uh, Father, by the laying on of hands and by our prayer life. God, we're going to see this city changed because you're changing us at Passion Church. Awake us out of our slumber, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. If you're here this morning, you say, my life is not right with God. You can be seated if you'd like to be. My life is not right with God. I know I need need God's forgiveness. I need God's grace. I need God to to come into my life and and help me. I'm not who I I, I need to be. I'm not who I want to be. I, I know 
that things in my life have got a hold and a grip on me. Listen, the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Man, there was a day when I was as lost as a ball in high weeds. I mean lost, 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 lost. But God in His mercy brought a message to me. A simple message that Jesus loved me. And Jesus loves you. And he proved it by going to a place called Calvary and dying on a cross and shedding his blood so that I might be forgiven. And all we have to do is open our heart and say, Jesus, save me. I need you in my life. I want to be be a child of God. I, I need a new beginning. I need God in my life. I need it. I know I need it. While every head is bowed, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to just pray for you. Anywhere in the room, I'm looking. I'm looking, okay. Anyone else? You say, I need, I need God. I need His forgiveness. I need, I need to be saved. I, I need Jesus, anyone at all. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just a moment longer. Anyone else? If the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart, today is the day of salvation. Just lift your hand. I'm not going to ask you to do anything or say anything. I just want to pray for you. Thank you. Anyone else? As the Holy Spirit is just moving on hearts, be honest with God. If God's dealing with you, just be honest. Be honest with God. Okay, I'm going to pray now. Those of you that lifted your hand, would you just lift it again just as a sign that you, you're in on this prayer with me. Thank you. Father, you see not only the hands, but you see the hearts, oh, Father, of these people. God, you said that whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Right now in your heart, I want you to just call on Jesus. Say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. Father, as they say that prayer, I agree with them that they are becoming a brand new creature, that all their sins are forgiven, that, Father, that, that, that you will remember their sins no more, that all the guilt and the condemnation just rolls off of them as they put their faith in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.